Hello and welcome to the Mike Halpern Radio Show. I am your host, Mike Halpern. Today I have on the show Charlie Robinson, who is the author of The Octopus of Global Control. Please give Charlie your full attention, take notes, and do your own research. Without further ado, here is Charlie Robinson, author of The Octopus of Global Control. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you thinking of me to come on. When I started to see movies like Loose Change, some of the aspects of the official story of 9-11, they just weren't adding up. Things like Building 7 never being mentioned and then seeing it come down as a controlled demolition. Now, I was living in Las Vegas from 2003 to 2012. I had my sort of awakening while I was living in Las Vegas. And one of the things you see when you live there long enough is you see hotels being brought down in controlled demolitions. When you see Building 7 coming down in a controlled demolition and then trying to explain to you it was brought down by office fires, it starts this chain reaction of, if this is a lie, what else is a lie? And it starts you down that path. You have to look back at all of the history of these things. You don't have to go back all that far. You really only have to go back to about 2001 when you see things like Dark Winter, which is a simulation that was run in the summer of 2001, simulating a smallpox outbreak in which these terrorists started sending anthrax letters to politicians and the media. Three months later, you have 9-11 and you have a couple of different people, Tom Daschle and some others that voted against the Patriot Act. What happened to them? They got letters mailed to them with anthrax as well as the members of the media to the point where one of the members of the media that participated in the simulation was sent in the simulation a letter with anthrax in it. Three months later, she was sent anthrax for real. Fast forward to October of 2019, and you have Event 201, creation of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and also Johns Hopkins University, in which they, in October, just a couple months ago, were simulating the outbreak of a coronavirus that started in bats and went to people in a tightly packed megacity. And then it spread from that city to the country and then internationally, where it lingered around for 18 months. And what do you have three months after that? You have a coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan, China. They say started with bats lasting for months and months and months. How many of these simulations do we have to see that turn out to go live before we start to understand that, hey, maybe these simulations are not so theoretical, that maybe they're putting these things into place? If you're somebody that has never been interested in these topics, but you can't help but be sort of involved in it now because of the coronavirus, and you hear CDC, the Center for Disease Control, says that we've got to get this vaccine to market and it's going to do X, Y, and Z, and we've got to push. If you don't know the history of the CDC or the World Health Organization, you're going to be relying on the fact that the media is telling you this is a government agency that is in charge of regulations for these medical procedures. They're looking out for you, the CDC. The World Health Organization is kind of like the CDC, but for the world, you're just going to make the assumption that these institutions are doing their best to help humanity. Now, that would be a colossal assumption to make. Even Johns Hopkins University or Johns Hopkins Health Center, which was a component of this event 201 with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the World Economic Forum, 
If you look back in the 50s, there was a test done on these Guatemalans, hundreds of them, where they were intentionally given syphilis, not told that, and then monitored. Who put that plan in place and ran the whole thing? Johns Hopkins did. They admitted to it too. These organizations that you hear about them on the news, you just make the assumption that they can't possibly be up to no good because we would have heard about that. And who compromises a hospital, right? I mean, Johns Hopkins Health Center, that's got to be above reproach. No, they're not above reproach. They're involved in this. In 2012, the Obama administration put together something called the Smith-Munt Modernization Act of 2012. What that did was it legalized propaganda inside the United States for use on American citizens. What they did was they intentionally set about to change the law from making propaganda illegal to making propaganda legal. Now, they did that because they intend to use propaganda. They don't go to the extraordinary lengths of changing these laws that had been in place for 70 years if they don't intend to use them. The World Health Organization is from the United Nations family tree. They are connected to the United Nations. The United Nations was started by David Rockefeller. It is a one-world government vehicle. It is the New World Order's governmental body. The World Health Organization in 2014 was discovered to have been putting sterilants in the tetanus vaccines that they were distributing in Kenya. They initially denied it, but they later admitted to it. Not only did they admit to it, they admitted that they had been doing it for a decade. When the World Health Organization comes out and says that everybody needs to get vaccinated, it pays to know the history of the World Health Organization, and the CDC is in the same boat as that. The Center for Disease Control has appropriately been nicknamed the Centers for Disease Creation. They are a vaccine company masquerading as a regulatory agency. They own many of the patents on vaccines. They make billions of dollars every single year from the licensing of their vaccines. They create the vaccine schedule and they profit from it. When people talk about how the CDC is coming to save us with vaccines, just remember, they're in the vaccine business. They're a pharmaceutical company. They're not a regulatory agency. They think they are. They pretend to be, but they're not. If you've watched the movie Vaxxed, it'll be exposed to who they really are. They have a revolving door between upper management and all of the big pharma organizations. The head of the CDC, Julie Gerberding, passed legislation that benefited Merck on their vaccines, approved them for use on the schedule, and then immediately left the CDC to go to work for Merck, heading their vaccine division. Dr. Tedros, the head of the World Health Organization, has been held out as this beacon for freedom. Dr. Tedros is not a doctor of medicine, for one. He is a warlord from Ethiopia who was involved in the genocide of his own people. This is documented. He was involved in that for many, many years. The World Health Organization was very much on the side of China in this whole situation. Dr. Tedros was instrumental in brokering the deal to allow China into the country of Ethiopia. He has a long history of working with the country of China. China's China. 
they get a bad rap for everything. I know the United States is trying to blame everything on them. I'm not so quick to blame everything on China. I think the United States is involved in this as well. The truth is that these World Health Organizations and the CDCs, they require more than just a surface level understanding of who they are and what they do. If you don't know a little bit more about the background of these organizations, you'll just blindly assume that they're there to help the public because they're named in a way that would make it seem that they're there for the public's health and that they're here to help the world. It's not going to wind up on your nightly news. Anderson Cooper is not going to do a big expose on how the CDC is a criminal organization because they'd pull them off the air for that. These guys aren't authorities on anything. They're just captured individuals that have been involved in this big conspiracy for a long, long time. Someone like Bill Gates as a prime example. Everybody knows who Bill Gates is. At least everybody in the United States knows who he is. He's got this reputation as this nerdy guy who's super rich and makes computer software. He's kind of geeky, but oh, he's harmless. Just a quick dive into Bill Gates' past reveals that he's anything but that. He has a long history of being involved in some pretty devious things, including the vaccine agenda. When the World Health Organization is out there putting sterilants in the vaccines in Kenya, doing the same thing in India and Pakistan, their partners are the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now we're seeing him on our TV five times a day talking about how nothing's going to go back to normal until we all get the vaccine. Free country, do whatever you want. If you want to go get that vaccine, get the vaccine. Before you do that, you would be better served to take about an hour and learn who Bill Gates really is before you sign up and agree to do anything that that guy wants you to do. After you have that information, if you still want to go get the vaccine, then knock yourself out. He's done the thing that the Rockefellers did when they were taking a lot of negative heat. They started the Rockefeller Foundation as this charity, which was really like a PR campaign, and used it to show them giving out money to help humanity and maybe, hey, look, we're going to do all these great things. And then suddenly, gradually, I should say, the opinion of the Rockefellers changed over time because of that foundation. Same thing with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They started that as this organization that's going to help with world health, which is interesting because he comes from a background of computer science, not world health. He's using the Gates Foundation as a shield to protect him from criticism. How could he be a bad guy? He's out there trying to make sure that people don't get polio by giving them all these vaccines, except that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has been kicked out of the country of India because their polio vaccine gave half a million kids polio. Once again, who are we really listening to? Now, my task in this whole thing had been to write books on these topics. And I have a podcast called Macroaggressions that people can check out if they're interested. My plan is to just do what I can to use my warped sense of humor to try and make people aware of some of these things in a kind of serious but lighthearted manner, because everything is so crazy, you kind of have to laugh at it, that the rate they're going, we're already starting to see protests. And it won't be too long before you see George Soros start to step in quietly and start financing some of these protests. 